Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil mursalin. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqaw kawli. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. All praise and thanks to you, salute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, traces peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to 2023. And this is the first podcast um, that we are officially recording. I'm very happy to be here because I'm hoping to benefit from the session and this discussion bi'idhni lai ta'ala. And uh, my guest needs no formal introduction because he's quite well known, mashallah. Uh, but uh, it would be my honor to introduce him nonetheless. So, Sidi Jamaluddin, kefa halikum, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillah, how are you doing, Sidi? All good, all good, alhamdulillah. Sidi, how was your uh, New Year transition? Uh, alhamdulillah, I. I uh, made the right decision to take a solid break. Mashallah. So I had a nice rest for about Mashallah. two weeks. And uh, alhamdulillah, ready for the new year. Nice, nice, nice. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you here, as always. Um, we are looking at a discussion about restarting the year, preparing for work, preparing, preparing for school. Uh, today I actually gave a Jumu'ah. I titled it uh, Refocus or Restart Refocus because... Even though we are supposed to live our lives according to the lunar calendar, really, spiritually we do. But when you live in a, in a, in a minority situation, you tend to have this dichotomy. So you have your, your Islamic life based around the, the lunar calendar, and then you have everything else on the Gregorian calendar. So birthdays, anniversaries, alles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Which is fine. I mean, there's, I don't see any intrinsic problem with that. However, there could be some deeper things Allah knows best. Be that as it may, what we find is that we just now experienced a time of uh, reflection, a time of, uh, you know, introspection, looking at the, the year that had gone by, how we performed or just how we how we maintained ourselves. Did we succeed with our aspirations? Did we manage to attain our goals? Uh, did we did we learn <laughs> instead of did we fail, but did we learn, uh, you know, what not to do and so on and so forth. So we now find ourselves in that period where parents are preparing um, people who go to work and who have had a bit of a break, like teachers and so forth. Everyone is kind of just finding themselves in a space of preparation for the year that lies ahead. So I thought, you know what, let's have a discussion. Um, I recall once you said that you are located at the nexus between faith and science. <laughs> and I thought that would be a very good discussion to have with you about uh, where we can provide some guidelines, some advice uh, at the nexus between faith and science in the year uh, that is ahead. So, uh, inshallah, your thoughts on uh, the discussion before I start uh, shooting you with questions? <laughs> okay, so firstly, regarding Muslims celebrating a new year in the Gregorian calendar, for me, it's a good excuse no. to start anew. Mm. Right. So uh, we all slip up. We all feel sometimes we need to step up our game mm. or renew ourselves or reinvent ourselves. Mm. And 
You know, I wrote online recently that you can do that on a random Tuesday at nine o'clock. No. Right? You can do that at any time. No. But a new year is a, a very good excuse because a lot of people are doing it. So there is momentum and there is, um, you know, common conversation. So people are talking mm. about this and people are writing about it. So... So that's, for me, the main aspect, that it's a good excuse. Mm. And we need excuses for good things, mm. right? So uh, when it's a birthday or any celebration and the family gets together, that's a good excuse for people to come together, no. right? Sometimes people get together on a regular periodic basis, but sometimes they don't. Mm. And they need those excuses like birthdays, etc. No. So, uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, that I'll say and uh, inshallah then we can we can shoot the questions inshallah Jayid so um, we've got a number of questions here actually um, I've looked at the first one specifically as <laughs> the the ever elusive balance right Muslims generally know that deen should be priority I mean this is what we preach from the from the member on Fridays is what we teach in our classes if there's nasi hats about this make deen your priority make Allah your priority and we know this Theoretically, but how do we, on a in a practical sense, how do we move from knowing this theoretical thing that Dean should be my priority to actually making it as such? Because I find that often one of the, uh, at least within my circles, one of the many, uh, the, the frequently mentioned regrets is that you know what I, I'm not doing enough. I'm not. I'm not really making it. And sometimes that even means like I'm. I'm not managing to perform my salah as I should be. Allah knows best. So, do you have some you know, like really practical tips for us to move from the theoretical knowledge that deen should be priority to, okay, now I'm going to make it a priority in, uh, in some way or the other. Bismillah. Okay, so firstly, um, uh, the late Sheikh Siraj Hendricks, no. uh, Allah Yerachamu, I mean. he would say that Islam is a way of being, oh. right? And I think that's useful for us to understand, right? So we should be Muslim right. in whatever we're doing, uh, in, in wherever we find ourselves. Uh, I'll give you one example. When I uh, just left high school, I had a job at a company. It was my first job, and it was before I went to study. And uh, every day at lunchtime, I'd go to mosque. Mm. So this job was in Nabini and I would go to the Kensington Mosque for the door every day. And I never told anyone, I just went, right? And then when I left that job to go and study, uh, my my boss came to me and he said, you're a very pious young man, mm. right? And I said, you know, I asked him why. He said, because every day you go to mosque. Mm. Now, I didn't tell him this, so he must have asked. I, I, I suspect the receptionist because she was a Muslim. No. So she probably knew I was going to mosque. Uh, so I, I often think of that example of just being Muslim, mm. right? And how it affects others and how it affects the understanding of Islam, right? Then for our own selves, uh, Islam is extremely broad and wide, Yes. Open. That's the Islam that I know and see. Mm. Uh, a few years ago, I gave a talk to a group of youth in Joburg. They had this group where uh, I think once a month on a Friday night, they would get together and a different speaker would come. 
So I was invited and I gave a talk to this youth. And after my talk, a young girl came to me and she said, she, she was about 16 years old. And she said to me, why is everything haram in Islam? <laughs> right? Now, uh, obviously we know everything is not haram. Very yeah. few things are actually haram. Right? Most things are open. We're free to do most things. Uh, this deen is very easy. So when we ask the question about how do we prioritize the deen, the first step is to have the correct mindset mm. that Islam is not difficult, that everything is not haram. So when we have this mindset, we can actually just be Muslim in doing whatever we want to do. No. So, uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf uh, from the US, he studied in Mauritania. And uh, Sheikh Khatri from Mauritania would say, uh, as reported from Sheikh Hamza, uh, Sheikh Khatri would say, learn your Farad Ain and then do whatever you want to do. <laughs> right? So, just know how to be a Muslim. Know the basics mm. and then do what you want to do. Right? No. Uh, but prioritizing Islam... Uh, after you have that mindset that I just mentioned, becomes valuable once you do it, right? Because once you do it, you actually realize that Islam is for you. Like it's not against you. Yeah, yeah. So it actually has benefits for you. Mm. So an example of this in sort of our modern time is the World Cup in Qatar, mm. right? So... Uh, I'm going to share something that everyone knows because it was shared so so widely that uh, the English fans were not arrested. There was no English fan, no one at all, but particularly the English fans were not arrested. Why? Because they could not drink alcohol and they could not get drunk and violent. And that, because that was the case in all other World Cups, right? Which is an example of Islam being for you, mm. right? And many people, I, I read um, particularly the comments and I watched particularly the videos of people who were not Muslim, mm. who went to Qatar, right? And uh, the, the alcohol ban was one thing people talked about a lot. Another thing people talked about is that they had so much fun in a safe, controlled environment. Uh, women were not being harassed, etc., etc., right? So... Once you actually uh, live Islam, you get to understand that it's actually for your benefit. Because uh, a lot of the thinking, like this young girl that I mentioned, think that Islam is against them. Mm. Right? So why is everything haram? Why do I have to pray? Right? But when you actually change the mindset and understand the prayer is actually good for you, then your perspective changes. Mm. Mm. And look, as a follow-up uh, to that question, um, again, so some Muslims find that they are not, they are not where they want to be with the Islam, right? So I can preach and I can tell them this is what you should do. You need to make salah on time. You need to stay away from haram. Um, but then they go to work, and uh, they're not known as the pious Muslim. 
Like, you know, that person who gave gave you the comment and said you're a very pious Muslim. You are making salah. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. But uh, people find themselves in that in that situation where making salah, like breaking away from lunch or from the social gathering, you know, people are standing around smoking and you're like, okay, I'm going to go make salah now. You come across as the pious person. So how do you break that barrier, you know, for, for somebody in the corporate space or at school where they are they find themselves uh, challenged by the idea of if I'm going to step up my game as a Muslim, which in essence really means I'm going to be a proper Muslim, then I'm going to be stigmatized. I don't know if that's the right word, but people are going to think that I'm pious and then I must live up to that. And then I have to this and I have to that. And, you know, it's like the woman who goes, who wants to wear a car, but she's afraid that once she puts it on, she's never going to be able to take it off again. It's like it's going to get stuck onto her face. So she never goes, she never tries that step. So, in that in that regard, right? How does one you know navigate that space? You want to, but uh, something's holding you back. Okay, so uh, this answer is actually applicable to many other areas of life. No, right? Not only being a good Muslim at work or school, mm. right? And uh, this answer I have uh, shared with many clients that I've coached over the years in many other scenarios and circumstances, right? So the key thing we must remember is that we should never focus on trying to be liked, mm. but our focus should be on trying to be respected, mm. right? So the person who pursues being liked by everyone mm will just do what everyone else is doing because you don't want to stand out, right. right? Now, standing out is not the objective, right? But our objective should be to be respected, no. right? When you do the right thing, and I will add here that it's always the right time to do the right thing, mm. right? So when you do the right thing, people will, will respect you. If not immediately, but eventually they will, mm. right? Sometimes it's immediate and people, you know, they, they're mature enough to respect someone doing good, but other times not because they're not at the place yet to respect that, right? So it might take them two years or, you know, six years and then they think back and then they, oh, I respect that guy because he did that, right? The, the objective when dealing with people around you is to be respected and to forego pursuing being liked. And in the hmm. workplace, so putting religion completely aside, I'm just talking work stuff, right? Complete work stuff. This is something, especially in the corporate environment, that people struggle with a lot. Hmm. They, they just want to be liked, so they don't stand up for themselves, they don't do what is right in the workplace setting, uh, but... Uh, and, and in the long run, they're not respected. No. Right? So your objective always is to be respected. And uh, you're not, you know, telling people respect me, right? Respect is a result of doing the right thing. No. So all you need to do is do the right thing. Like in, in, in my example, and I never, this example of my, you know, younger days when I went to mosque, uh, you know, every day. I've never shared this publicly. It's the <laughs> first time, right? So um, it's 
to me at the time, it was no big deal. Mm. I never told anyone. It was just my routine, right? Because it worked out. Lunchtime was, was uh, uh, you know, in the Dhuwur time. I went to mosque. I came back. I don't even remember where I ate, mm. right? I don't remember that. But And I actually wouldn't even have remembered going to mosque if my boss didn't talk to me about it. And, and this boss, maybe in another episode, where we can talk about leadership because he was one of my first teachers of leadership. Like he, he made an immense impact on me. And inshallah, this year, I want to try and find him, mm. right? His name is James Godfrey. <laughs> so James, in case you're listening, <laughs> he just reaches you by any way. Um, like I really want to meet him and mm. thank him. Like he taught me so many valuable lessons mm. uh, in leadership. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, the answer is uh, try to be respected and forego trying to be liked. No, no. I actually remember you, you reminded me now of something that in in high school, I went to South Peninsula High, right? So I had a bit of a funny developmental teenage years thing. But anyway, so I started out as like a super good student in the A class, you know, good grades and things like that. So during that phase, and I need to spe- specify during that phase, um, I belong to, I don't know if we called it an MSA, but you know, Muslims coming together and, and doing what we believe to be pious stuff. And um, I remember at one stage, we had this thing where we wanted to make thought at school. And it was such a mission. Like in the sense of, uh, the classroom may be available and, uh, you know, you may have the permission of the teacher and so forth to go and make thought, but you have to face your friends. You have to face, how do you get away from that? You know, oh, why are you going to make salah? Like, what are you pious now? That type of thing. So it, it's very important. And, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, um, you know, you you worried about what others are going to think of you, but you're going to end up whereby you don't get the respect. They may like you, so they're not going to think of you as, oh, this weirdo or something like that. Fine, you got that right, but uh, you've, you have you lost your backbone in the process and they're going to look at you as just an ordinary person who stands for nothing and probably falls for everything at the same time. So great advice there. Um, then, of course, I, I want to address this dichotomy, right? This imagined dichotomy. We've, we've kind of touched on it in the first question as well. Um, much of our time is invested into survival, right? Um, mothers are just trying to get by. Like I look at my own family situation, my wife spends um, every waking moment with our daughter or she's working. Like there's no such thing as me time, right? And that's a mother of, a, of one girl. Uh, now you look at mothers of three, four, fathers in fact as well. Uh, people are busy just surviving. So when they have any you know, spare moment, it's like such a rare occasion that there's no real structure to it. And then because we are constantly in this pursuit of survival, um, in this dunya we pursuit, which is fine, people sometimes create this dichotomy in their minds between achieving spiritual uh, aspirations while at the same time, you know, doing what you need to do at work or in your career. So let's call it pursuit of deen and pursuit of dunya. So there shouldn't be a dichotomy. That that part we've kind of uh, covered already. But what is that people are really trying to attain? Like if you were to put this into your own words, people talk about this balance, right? It's, it's this mystical, elusive thing, this balance. 
what is it that people are actually trying to attain that individuals and groups believe would be, you know, the the, the pinnacle of of success for them? Like if they get that, then they, then they're good. What is it really? Okay, so <laughs> you 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 mixed a whole lot of stuff into yeah. one question. <laughs> okay, so firstly, uh, I think to do that. Uh, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just try and keep track <laughs> of all the moving parts. So, so firstly, um, I believe all Muslims want to be good Muslims. Mm. I believe that. Even the worst of us, right? Because when you, when you do bad, you don't want to do that bad, but you're seeking something Right? You're misdirected, etc., etc. Right, That's a different conversation. But my main point here is that all Muslims are fundamentally good. Right Now, like you said, we, we live in this reality, and you, you, you mentioned the word survival, right? Uh, and, you know, in, in the same context, I like to use uh, the term uh, that we live, on, we live on an economic planet, right? Because... We have to have economics to survive, mm, mm. right? So all those things are true. But uh, many of us, for the simplest of things, don't see uh, a spiritual beauty that could surround it. For example, sleeping, right? Like your sleep is an ibadah if it's done with the right intention, Right, but we often don't think of that. So, so even even those of us who know that as a fact, right, we don't think about it enough. Hmm. Right, um, uh, I've I've recently started um, exercising regularly, Mashallah. right, and uh, and that has some spiritual value, which maybe later on at the end we can talk about it this time. Uh, so sleep is the common example that we all can sort of relate to, right? However, work can also be spiritual, right? If we understand what we're doing, mm. right? And um, yes, everyone is trying to survive, but I don't recommend that people look at it that way, Right? Uh, because when you're when you're going out to work, um, you're doing that to feed your family, and that's a sadaqah, and 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 um, it's also an obligation on a man to do that. Mm. So you're fulfilling the rights of your family. Yeah. If you understand the uh, all the dynamics Islamically, then your entire life is ibadah, mm. the good things that you're doing. Right when you're when you're not slipping, we're not talking about those things, right? So when you have that mindset, right? Uh, likewise with the previous question, a lot of this is about the mindset that mm. we have, right? So if I wake up in the morning and I say, uh, you know, I need to go and work hard today for my family because it's their right on me, and this is what Allah wants, then it can become a spiritual. Uh, experience, no, right? But it's it's the way we look at things. It's our mindset and and what we're focused on, mm. right? So uh, I think that uh, 
makes a big difference for many people, right? The mindset. There is, however, the reality of the um, the time we invest in different things, mm. right? So you you mentioned the example of your wife, and um, there's a sort of a long paragraph from Sheikh Nuh Kala about where he gives this spiritual advice to women who have kids and how looking after their kids is, is, is ibadah and worship, etc. And it's very beautiful. And, and once a year, I share it, right? And many women always, you know, respond, you know, with you know, a lot of appreciation for that. So I, I'll share that with you. Maybe you can, you know, add it as a note to this yeah. podcast. Uh, but that's, that's the women. And many of the women understand that taking care of their, their children is ibadah. But sometimes they forget as well. Sometimes it just becomes a frustration, mm. right? Uh, but uh, for them, you know, that that uh, paragraph from Sheikh Nuh is useful because it, it makes them understand how uh, it is a <coughs> spiritual endeavor. But then you have the time investment scenario where someone sacrifices so much at work, but he doesn't, like he only maybe goes to Juma, right? He only goes to the mosque for Juma. He doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't learn anything. He's, he doesn't pay any attention to his spirituality and, mm. his, and his Islamic knowledge, etc. right? Now, uh, I've had people come to me with this exact problem, right? People who have, uh, over the years, grown large businesses, but now they feel a void, mm. right, Islamically. So for that category of person, there's two scenarios, right? <clears throat> the first scenario is you have to ask yourself, why am I working so hard? Why am mm. I investing so much time, mm. right? Is it just to accumulate wealth or is it to do good, mm. right, with my wealth, right? Uh, so, so that's the first question, right? And, and the, the correct answer is obvious, right? But then there's the, 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 the people who actually have a plan from the outset to serve Islam with their wealth, mm. right? From the outside, you and I might look at that person and say, you know what, I never see this guy in mosque. Mm. Uh, he doesn't dress particularly like a Muslim. Mm. Uh, you know, there's a class happening in the mosque, you know, down the street from his house. He never attends. <clears throat> and we can have all these judgments, right? But we don't know what he does, right, with his wealth. Um, I was part of a an Islamic project in Cape Town a few years back, and uh, it was a project that was going to cost a lot of money, right, to book things and pay for things, etc. And we were sitting in a room one day with you know the organizing people, and we all volunteers, right, and we're doing planning and discussions and everything, and the guy who's leading this, who's amongst us, he gets a call, right? And he leaves the room and a few minutes later he comes back and he said, this one businessman just called him now and said, it doesn't matter what the cost is for the project, he'll give us a blank check. Yes, I know. Right? So you get people like that. That's what mm. they do. Mm. From the outset, that's the intention. That group, I think, is fine, right? The, the, the first group, needs to assess. Sometimes people are confused 
And for that group, an important thing to to understand is that the intentions can be renewed and changed, mm. right? So let's say you wanted just to amass wealth uh, for the sake of wealth and this for the sake of dunya, right? And you're 10 years in, you can change that intention, mm. <laughs> right? So um, like the sleep as the simple example, our work and our pursuit of, uh, you know, the nice things in this world can be for good as well, right? So I like tech stuff, right? Uh, and you do too, I see, <laughs> right? But um, I try to convince myself at least that it's, um, I like to use these things, it's enjoyable. In a productive but way. Mm. Yeah, but it's for something else. It's for a mm. higher purpose, mm. right? I think... Um, now, one of my teachers, Sheikh Ahmad, years ago, he, he like enlightened me to this, that your intention can, and actually he said, should be continuously renewed, mm. right? Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, and, and if we slip up, we, you know, change or improve the intention, because it's all about the intention, as we know, right? Uh, but I, I, I don't think that... Um, Muslims, and I, I know they do, right? But I don't think Muslims should struggle with being a Muslim and being in this world huh. because the two intersect very easily, actually. No. Right? Um, <clears throat> so uh, so I'll, I'll just tell you quickly about um, my exercise, right? Because uh, it relates to this question, right? So I don't want to go fine to it, but but just for the purpose of this question, um, I started, like, I, when I leave here, I'm going to gym, inshallah. It'll be my, I think, seventh or eighth day consecutively. And I've never, ever done that in my life. I've tried, you know, many times. Um, and I said to myself, my, my initial... Uh, objective was to go, to, was just to show up for January. No, like, nothing higher than that. I just need to show up, right? And I was, and I actually told a friend of mine, in February, inshallah, I'll focus on my diet, right? But what happened was, uh, yesterday, actually, so so just over 24 hours ago, like when you go to gym the first few days, you feel nothing, there's no real change, right? And you see no change. But actually yesterday, my body started feeling different. Mm. Like it actually, it's, so I don't know much about the body, right? Uh, and I want to learn, but I don't. It's almost as if my cells, I can feel my cells repairing. Mm. Like, like it's weird, right? And instinctively my diet has changed huh. right and um like junk food is something you're allergic you, to now yeah you, you you used to crave for it and reach yeah. like like i don't want it now yeah. yeah right but but like i don't know how this is happening yeah right so um and so a few days ago before this change yesterday, a few days ago, I read a thread on Twitter where this guy uh, was talking about the benefits of exercise. 
But I want to go back to it because I'm pretty sure in there he said um, that something about metabolism, he said, and that you get hungry less. Mm. And I'm experiencing that now in the last 24 hours. So I I won't go too much in my my fitness thing. So this is new to me. But Mm. what I'm saying is I'm tasting the benefit. Mm. I'm sitting here with this huge smile on my face (laughs) because I went through the same thing. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There is a psychological aspect to it as well. Like after you've spent an hour in the gym, when you come home, you're like, I'm not going to waste that hour by eating that burger now. But <laughs> I just worked hard. <laughs> but that actually didn't happen to me. No, no. But the, the thing is, is you uh, don't, after a while, after a while, yeah. So you don't initially think about it, it. You just you just find yourself navigating to the healthier option. Yeah. Without so, wanting to do so, and then you you kind of lose because you don't want to waste all your efforts. So in the first few days, I actually left the gym and 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 had junk food immediately afterwards, yeah, yeah. right? But last night I didn't, and and it's there at home. Mm. Like I can just open the cupboard, it's there. No. But something is changing, and I can literally feel something's happening with my cells. Mm. And also the other thing is I feel less tired. No. Right? Like 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 not sleepy tired, like body tired. Yes. Like, like this is so, I, I'm going to dig into this because it's all new to no. me, but... Uh, this is, you know, what I'm experiencing. So, so my point I mean, being, I mean, <laughs> um, so my, my point is that with solar, for example, and everything else that Islam offers us, mm. and I like to say offers us, not commands of us, because it's Allah offers us the prayer. <laughs> it's a gift for us. But once we actually taste it, right, uh, then we will understand this is for us. Mm. So, um, like, so, so, you know, here's another analogy of exercise, but it, you know, it comes to this point. When I was 17 years old, I bought two dumbbells, mm. <laughs> right? And mm. a friend borrowed one in every turn it, and I still have one. And I, I actually use it now consistently. <laughs> and I bought it when I was 17. Marshall. And I've been in and out the gym over the years, right? But never for a week solid, mm. right? Um, so so that's, um, so on that, when you want to try something new, so let's say you're not praying, right? Let's say you're not doing the things that Islam offers you the solution to start is to lower the bar, right? So if you're not praying at all and you say, you know, uh, you make a commitment and you write on a, you know, on your notebook, tomorrow I'm going to pray all five prayers on time in the masjid. Mm, in probably, the front of. Yeah. <laughs> probably not going to happen. Yeah. Right? Uh, the psychology behind it will, will be against you, mm. right? So say to yourself, okay, I'll pray Fajr because it's the so- shortest prayers, only two rakah. I'll pray Fajr every day for the next week, whether it's on time or not. Start there, right? Because my goal with the gym was just to show up. Like I didn't even have to spend more than five minutes doing something. I just had to show up, right? And now the game has changed like seven days in. Hmm. Same, everything is like that. Why? Because so you, you will be able to say this quote in Arabic, Right? 
um, uh, there's a phrase which says um, to have put me on the spot now I'm thinking like <laughs> oh my god I hope I know it no no you, you should know <laughs> there's, there's a phrase which says um, for you to have uh, shok yearning you have to have dhok which is tasting hmm. right and I don't know you, it okay thanks for that <laughs> So it's not, I, I heard it from a scholar. So it, it's saying that for you to yearn for something, you have to taste the value of it first. No. Right? So uh, so the same applies, whether it's exercise, whether it's your prayer. Um, so so I'll be I'll be honest uh, and you know put myself on the spot here and say something that, that's very embarrassing. My prayer, Staghfirullah, is not as good as it used to be. Right? So I've tasted sweetness in the prayer, but I fell off, right? But I, I know what it tastes like, hmm. right? So now I know where I want to go back to, hmm. right? But for someone who has not tasted, they have no yearning for it, hmm. right? So the prayer, so we're not trying to compare prayer with exercise, but but for all these things, the similar sort of principles apply. No. Jayid, Jazakumullah Khairan. Now, look, I've, I've, I've spoken about this at, a, at the level of religion. But let's just put our religious lives, you know, on, on the shelf just for a second. Um, in terms of everything else, life in 2022 is demanding. Because of social media, connectivity, because of access to information, everything else that used to happen is intensified. So whether it be work, your social life, your family life, even your relationship, your, you know, your, your romantic relationship, husband-wife uh, relationship, everything is intensified because you are always accessible or people expect you to be always accessible. Then add into that, you need to look after your health. And there's a million different ways to do that. And everyone is right. And everyone's way is the way. And every diet is the right diet to go on. Then you also have to care about others. So you have to worry about your, your, your family because this is a true uh, concern. You need to be concerned about them. Then you have to look after your appearance. Then you have to make sure that you are giving uh, due attention to educating yourself. You have to read. You put all of that into 24 hours. Then you go to the masjid and Mulana uh, Irshad is standing there telling you that look here, you must strive to make the hajjud and you must read Quran and you must fast on Mondays and Thursdays and you must make salah five times a day and males try to do it in the masjid and you need to try to attain the sunnah as much as you can, you know, make your adhkar every day after your five daily salahs and if you're going to go into tasawuf and tariqah then you must do your litany of of Adhkar oh, as well, you're uh, weird. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you must go to the dhikr on the Thursday night and you must go early for Jumu'ah. Don't forget to recite Surah Al-Kaf and you must read your thousand salawat on a Friday and don't forget the Mawlid on Friday night. <laughs> Mashallah. You know, it goes on. <laughs> so now that person is sitting there in the masjid is looking and he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the challenge that everyone faces in the modern day. How and okay, I can I can I can perhaps say something about the religious aspect and I have. But even if we don't include that in the equation, just everything else. I mean, non-Muslims are struggling, right? 
and these if you if you're a non-muslim you can be a person of religion you're not you're not going to be finding you're not going to be in a religion as i wouldn't say demanding but as rigorous and scheduled as islam right uh, if you're christian i spoke to a priest about this once and I asked look is it necessary for a christian to go to to church every sunday to be a good christian and he said no so i mean you don't even need to go once a week it's not fard you know what I mean? <laughs> um so so even even for, for non-muslims they struggle with the day-to-day things like looking after themselves looking after the family all the stuff that i mentioned first how does one you know not fall into a point in your life where you've become neglectful of one or more of these things because what tends to happen is that then leads you to a plethora of of other negative emotions people fall into depression people fall into anxiety they become stressed out oh why oh no because I haven't been looking after my health so I've been picking up weight or uh you know I haven't been reading and I really want to read and I feel like I, everybody else is improving and I'm not improving or I haven't been able to you know put my best foot forward at work the list goes on and on and on and everyone has these expectations placed upon them and we win some and we lose some but how do we really ride this wave of of modern day living you know and then you can you feel free to add your 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 uh, contribution into the how do you add in you know all the religious demands at the same time we've got a lot of expectations we want to do well but we are human right so we we can you we can you aim for realistically in 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 light of all of that Okay so again <laughs> number oh, of questions stuff, yeah. <laughs> But it, it eventually does come to something it's like <laughs> oh okay that's what we do <laughs> No no it's useful I, I look look it's 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 all very interconnected So um I'll I'll mention the two words first the first word is wisdom the second word is trade off right So regarding wisdom um uh, uh I heard from our sheikh and, and i think multiple scholars have said this that wisdom is giving everything its due right so what does that mean right it means the hadith right where uh, uh, i i think so you you the scholar you can you can correct me on the the narration but i think it's said aisha radhiyallahu an who reported that when the the that the prophet ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam would be with the family as a husband etc but when he would hear the adhan it's like they didn't exist and he's like got to go pray now right that's wisdom giving everything its due now cuz the, the adhan called so it's now it's the time for prayer right and you know one of my teachers he told me uh, uh, about this following hadith and he said like he had tears in his eyes when he told me this that the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam would ask his ask his wife say the aisha for permission to leave the bed to pray the tahajjud mm. right again because wisdom right asking her permission because it's her right and all of this right no. so that's one thing right we have a lot going on there's there's a lot of things pulling our attention but we need to use wisdom right i think our last uh, podcast together was on time management mm. right so time management and all the tricks of that comes into play here right um so um the 
Actually, you know, <laughs> exercise is going to come off. <laughs> I apologize. It's top of mind. <laughs> yeah. So I, another one of my um, uh, objectives, and I'm not using the word goal, right? Even in, when I spoke previously, and we'll, we can talk maybe later about why. So one of my objectives for January is to do 10,000 steps a day, right? It's proving to be difficult, right? Um I've done it on a few days, but the rest are like averaging at 5,000. Um, but the reason I'm raising this now is because two, three mornings ago, I did my ORAD at home walking to get steps. <laughs> right? So so I did even even reciting Surayasi and etc. <laughs> right? So I tried it, right? And I, I got like, like one and a half thousand steps, maybe I don't know, mm. right? But but it's but it's taxing and it's not. You don't get the spiritual value from it, so I won't do it again. But I tried that, right? Uh, so you you have to try things, right? That's the point. You have to try things and see what works for you. Like like you said, you know, uh, everyone's got the best diet and this and this and this, right? At the person who uses wisdom consults, right? That's an Islamic uh, advice, an Islamic uh, principle to consult. But you have to make your own choice. What's best for you? What's going to work for you, right? So navigating all of this, right, is uh, about using wisdom, right? And then a lot of the time management stuff that we spoke about comes into play here, right? Um, so that's the first thing, wisdom. The second thing is you have to be decisive in your trade-offs, right? Because everything's a trade-off. Mm. Like, so we're sitting here now, we're offline, right? So we're not distracted. We're in a, in a studio. We've traded everything else we could do now, right? To be here. I could mm. be in gym now. Yeah, I could be running. <laughs> right? So, so... We are trading all the time, mm. right? So uh, when you pray Fajr in the morning, you're trading sleep for Fajr. Mm, it's like right? opportunity cost. Opportunity cost, yeah, right? So, and when you don't pray Fajr, you've traded it for sleep, right? So you've you made, a, made sleep the priority. So uh, you, it's impossible to do everything, right? So... I'm going to mention the name of a Sahaba, and you tell me how would you how you would identify him, right? Khalid bin Walid. He's the soldier, right? Tamam, right? So the companions are examples that they didn't all do everything; hmm. they kind of specialized, right? So. Uh, you have the khatib, you have the teacher, right? But then you have the researcher or the author and no one ever sees him and he's in the background. So he trades that for that, right? In a similar way, in life, you can't do everything. You have to trade, right? So um, like I said, with my gym, it's going to come up all the time. Um, I just need to show up for now, right? Then I'll see what works for me. I've, I've taken the advice of many people, right? Like uh, researched, right? I'll try multiple things, see what works for me, the minimum. So I'm tracking my calorie 
count, right? So I want to know, it's, it's still too early, right? But I want to know which exercise, hard 30 minutes, Burns the, burns most. the most calories. Kettlebells, brother. Right. So, mashallah, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so, so when I know that, right, that's all I'll do, mm. right? And then I my 30 minutes, done. 10,000 steps, done, right? Because I know that's a trade-off. Now, now for the last week I've been doing it, um, you know, the year's just started, uh, and work is only, you know, starting to, to flow now, right? So I'm, I realized maybe this morning that, look, this is going to be difficult when mm. work gets in full mode, right? So um, so Sunday, inshallah, I'm going to try something new, which is to go to gym after Fajr, mm. right? So I'm going to try all these things and test it, right? Because going to gym for me is now a trade-off, mm. right? Uh, so, so with everything in life, you can't, you have to choose, okay, these are the things I want to do, but they tie in to who do you want to be. Mm. That's a very important one. Yeah. You have to know who you want to be before you yeah. can start, you know, yeah. creating lists and expectations of yourself. You need to know who you want to be. And and again, this ties in slightly to being respected and not being liked. Hmm. Right? Is your identity based on your environment is or are you doing what's right for you mm. based on your integrity which people will immediately or eventually respect no right so a lot of people and sometimes they don't realize it their lives are based on what others expect of them right yeah. and what they do is based on what others expect of them right but they don't live their own truth mm. and uh you know, the depression and things that you talked about, that's comes as a result, not only of this, but, but partly of this. Um, burnout comes from doing the thing that you know you shouldn't do deep down, you know you shouldn't do it, or deep down you know that you don't really want to do this, right? The people who are living their truth, living a life of purpose, they don't get burnout. Mm. They don't, because they like they're living, right? This is what they know they want to do, what they were born to do, mm. right? And then you know the clock doesn't matter, mm. right? So no one gets burnout from watching twelve hours of Netflix, mm. for example, right? It's spiritual burnout. <laughs> Yeah, that's another that's another story. <laughs> so, so uh, you need you need wisdom, right? Um, if you so what you what you need to do with your life is deconstruct it into uh, very uh, uh, like uh, I can't get to what the word I'm looking for, but. You need to deconstruct into small components. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what I do? I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but uh, one thing that I like to do is, is sort of journaling, but it's not it's not uh, a very formal, structured thing, and I don't do it regularly enough. But because I wear so many hats, and I don't mean like a red one and a black <laughs> one. Uh, I'm, I'm a khatib, I'm a teacher, I'm a podcaster. I, you know, it's a, a whole bunch of stuff. 
So father, y- y- son, all of that, wife, yeah. husband. So I actually write down my roles, and each one has a separate category, a separate section. That's a cavy trick. I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> yeah. I, I read a bunch of those things. It could yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but it's exactly right. And then each one has like, okay, this is these are my aspirations. These are my. This is what I'm aiming for here. This is what I'm aiming for there. And then I assess every now and then. Look here, health wise, did I get this? Did I run a marathon? Did I do this? Did I, you know? So you have milestones that I created for myself. Otherwise, I just lose track. It's like, oh yeah, I used to do you know that once upon a time. I've, I haven't touched on that in a while. So then you know. So for me, the only way I can manage my own life personally is if I have an external method of keeping track of things. What I mean thereby is. Uh, in the past, I used to internalize these these thoughts and these discussions. Okay, this year, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. But your brain can't hold on to L- all of that. Life becomes more complex. E- exactly. So then all of us say, oh, I'm a daddy now. <laughs> you know, you didn't factor that into the equation. But if you manage to keep track of it in some way or the other, you can then check up on yourself. You become your own coach in a, in a, in a, in a way, but you have to be brutally honest with yourself. You know? I know I failed here. I need to make up here. And it's not a failure in the sense of this. No, it's, oh, okay, so I need to do this differently. So you adjust, you know. This didn't quite work. Um, you know, I tried praying to Hajjud uh, like that. I tried going to the gym at Fajr time. Oh, no, that didn't work. It was a disaster because it led to me being, you know, miserable for the rest of the day. Whatever the case may be. So you adjust and then you eventually find your way. And it's 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 a it's a constantly moving target. It's, you know, it's never the same thing. So, um Earlier I said that I'm not talking about ob- uh, like goals, I'm talking about objectives. Mm. Based on what you just said, can can I dig into it? What, yeah. Do I have two minutes? By all means, go for it. Right, okay. So I like that you, you use the phrase, I'm a daddy, mm. right? When someone says, I am, that's an identity, right? So I am, like it's not, um, you don't question when you wake up if you're going to do things for your kid or with your kid, mm. right? Because you made the decision already when you said, I'm a daddy, right? Now, um, I don't have any goals for 2023, right? You're wondering what year we are. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that happens until mid-January every year, right? I have no goals, right? Why? Because uh, I... I need to level up, right? So the things that are my identity, alhamdulillah, I'm blessed with them, that I've built for the previous 20 years. Now I need to build additional identities for the next 20, hmm. right? So um, so you, you invited me on this podcast. You sent me some questions. I just read it once, right? But I can come and I can speak. I don't know how long we've, We've been on, we can go for three three more hours, like I'm fine, because I'm a speaker. Like it's a done deal. Like I've I've done the work that a speaker needs to do, mm. right? There are, like two, three weeks ago, I heard there are, there are two international scholars, Islamic scholars coming to South Africa in January. It's already in my calendar, right? Because I am a student of knowledge. There's no question, there's no thinking, it's done, right? But a month ago, I 
would not even have thought really of saying I'm fit, mm. right? So I want to be able to say that, right? But it can't be a goal, right? So let me let me let me talk about this just just for five minutes. And at, at our we did a talk um, at the Islamic Auditorium, mm. right? The, the talk I gave there, I talked about it there, so you might remember, right? So. Uh, I'll just, you know, condense it very briefly because I think it's useful, right? Mm. Um, when people climb Mount Everest, they take photos at the top, at the summit, right? Like we've summited Everest, no. right? And it's a big thing. And about maybe three, four months ago, I met a lady in Joburg who does these big mountains regularly, Right. So I asked her, on your first trip, I think it was Kilimanjaro, right? I said, your first one, how long did you prepare? She said, six months, right? Now that's, I'm in preparation now. 2023 is preparation year, mm -hmm. right? Because if I want to climb Kilimanjaro tomorrow or Everest tomorrow, I will die, mm. right? The first thing I need to do is to become the person that can climb Mount Everest. Yeah. So, um, so I try to tease people's brains, right? I say to them, okay, so they people take photos at the summit of Mount Everest, and that's the big deal to reach the top, right? But why didn't they just take a helicopter and go mm. there? Just for the gram. Yeah, just for the <laughs> gram, <laughs> right? But but they wouldn't because that's not the main goal. Yeah. The main goal is to become the person mm. who can climb Mount Everest. No. So when they climb and they make it, they know few people can make it. Mm. But they did the work six months or a year in advance. Mm. Right? So I have no goal, for example, to run a marathon. Yeah. Right? But I want to become the person that can. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I never had that goal either, by the way. Um, what happened was my wife mentioned in passing one day that, because I was like, oh, I must have run a marathon. It's crazy. 42.2 kilometers. Like, why would I do that? And then she said, uh, no, it's only like less than 1% of the world's population that can do that. I was like, tamam, man. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That excites <laughs> me as well. Yeah. So, so before, like I've never thought of this, but I actually wanted to get fit because like you wake up with aches and pains. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. I was feeling tired, mm. like not. I want to sleep tired, mm. like I'm. I've rested, mm. but my body's just tired. Yeah. Right. And last night, like I said earlier, like I could feel that changing. I was sitting right on my couch, and I was thinking. I was feeling like I'm not so tired, like I always feel. So. Um, so identity is important. Like, who do you want to be? Mm. Then, once that's clear for you, like I had. I'm sharing this with you now, but I had this discussion with nobody. I had to figure this out, mm. right? I want to be fit, right? And there's a few things that I want to be that I need to prepare myself for this year, mm. right? And inshallah, once I I become those people, or, or once I embrace those identities, right? Not to say that I'm going to be multiple people, but then inshallah next year, then I'll make lofty goals, mm. Right, um, so this this is important, and when you know who you want to be, right, 
your trade-offs become easier. Hmm. Because now I can, so like I can easily trade off anything to go to the gym. Like on on um, a few days ago, our family went to a giraffe farm, hmm. <laughs> right? To take the kids and everything. So we're all there together. And then it was a hot day, right? After the giraffe farm, everyone went to swim. And I said, okay, you guys go swim, I'm going to gym. Hmm. There's no big deal. It's easy because I made the decision already. Hmm. Like I'm going to trade off everything I can to go exercise, mm. right? So, so that's important. Wisdom and trade-offs. Mashallah. Excellent uh, discussion. I wish we could we could go on with that, <laughs> uh, but let's end off on on uh, something that people and, and this is a big problem. You're going to come across this. Inshallah, we pray that Allah grant you steadfastness amen, amen. in your journey to becoming a strong believer. <laughs> amen, and if amen. you haven't yet, Tamam. check out my podcast called The Strong Believer. I I I, I watched your. Facebook video where you referenced it recently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you should I'll, check it out. I'll, I'll check when it you out. go to gym, then you put some earpods in, Tamam. earpods, and you listen to the strong believer. Uh, it, it's it will help you a lot, uh, especially where you are now. You, you know, and I'll just tell, say a funny story. I I arrived at gym the other day. I just got there and I yeah. realized I don't have my earpods. Oh, now I'm back home. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of an essential if you go to gym. Tamam, tamam. Um, look. People are going to start asking you. It's it's a very bad thing that we do, but as humans, I guess we just do it. So, what's the secret? To uh, what? No, that's that's the question. Then, so, what's the secret? Uh, you lost so much weight. What's the secret? Oh, you you ran a marathon. What's the secret? It's like there's there no, is secret. no secret. There's no secret. You know all the stuff that you need to do. There's you no know, secret. There's n- what what people are asking for really is a shortcut. So, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is the quickest way? For someone who wants to make a positive change in their life, right? They desperately want to make a positive change in their life. They're willing to do what needs to be done, uh, but the objective is they want to they want to aspire to something. Either they want, they want to leave something bad behind, or they want to reach something positive. What is one of the most effective steps they can take towards that? Uh, I, I did mention this earlier. The most effective thing you can do is lower the bar, mm. right? You you're not so who's a big runner? So I'm not going to be you tomorrow. Kipchoge, Kipchoge, <laughs> whoever that is, never heard of you, <laughs> right? So I I I literally lowered the bar. I said, I just need to show up at the gym. That's all, mm. right? Um, uh, the the thing about showing up is that you're gonna try because you made the effort to show up anyway right uh, and and I mentioned the example of you know the prayer right if you haven't prayed pray only Fajr that's it right uh, and if if you wake up great if you don't pray when you wake up right but taste that sweetness and build the routine human beings are habitual creatures right we do Everything by habit, right? And we all know the hadith about consistency, right? So that's all you need. You need to lower the bar, right? That's number one. Number two, you have to be consistent. So I cannot miss a day, right? So um, so now, after this, I, I, I'll go to gym, right? But something could come up, mm. right? So I've learned this week, that I need to do gym the earliest I can in the day, 
because something can come up later that prevents me from going. But if I don't make it on any given day, right, I still have to do the exercise. So so Apple has these fitness rings, mm. right? Close your uh, circles. Yeah. So I, I just have to close the circle. If I don't make it on any day, but it must be extenuating circumstances, mm. right? Like it's not going to be that I just, I was tired or I didn't feel like it, right? Mm. That's unacceptable. But if there's extenuating circumstances, like, you know, if I, you know, end this podcast and put my phone on and there's a fire I need to put out, I need to go, there's an emergency, that's extenuating circumstances, right? But other than that, I just need to show up. I need to close those rings and it's very easy to close those rings. It's just 30 minutes of exercise, mm. right? Uh, so whatever you want to do, lower the bar and be consistent, right? So so uh, this... Uh, to answer this question, I can tell you something else that's real and current for me. Um, uh, Alhamdulillah, I, I've written for many years, right? I ran an Islamic newsletter for nine years, solid. Um, so I can, Alhamdulillah, write decently. So I should have written at least three books already, right? So, but I cannot say the words, I'm an author, and I need to change that. Right. So if you if you go on my social media one or two days ago, you'll see I asked authors who have day jobs or businesses, what's the minimum writing target, like word count they have per day, right? And an author that I know, ex-client of mine from Joburg, she said to me 500 words, start with 500, right? So I'm actually going to track this and I'm going to share it online because I'm building in accountability, Mm. public accountability. Mm. And I'm going to do that with my fitness as well. So inshallah on Sunday, I'll post some images and things online. So We should hook up with this Apple buddy sh- thing. Sharing, yeah, yeah. inshallah. Yeah, I should. haven't done that with a single other person. I, I Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's there. <laughs> me too. It's like, who does the Number mom. one, you need to find somebody with an Apple watch who exercises. Tamam, tamam. You know, so, and, so and we'll do it. So yeah, let's, but, let's do that inshallah. Tamam. So, so, um, so I... I'm going to, inshallah, start with 500 words mm. and, and ramp up very quickly because uh, the blessing I have is I write very fast, mm. right? And it's all in here. Like, I don't need to think what to write. I just need to write it. Mm. So, um, so inshallah, by, by next year, if, if I hadn't achieved it already, I'll need to set a goal so that I can say I'm, a, I'm an author or I'm a published author. Inshallah. Right? Inshallah. So, um, but you have to start somewhere. Right, like Seth Godin, you know Seth Godin, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a podcast of him with Tim Ferriss, uh, and he said that, you know, he he wrote a two or three hundred odd page book in thirteen days, something like that, right? Like I could write a book faster than that, right? Uh, if I just did that, right? But obviously, I have work, I have other things, I have gym, <laughs> right? So, but I believe I can write. Uh, more than a book a year, right? But I first need to write. I first need to get into the habit of writing. Like you mentioned journaling, like that, alhamdulillah, I have down for years, right? So I journal. And um, so I can say I'm a journaler, right? If that's a thing. Um, so I, I'm, I'm building for the next 20 years, right? So alhamdulillah, everything that I have for the past 20 years is solidified. Right, like I could, 
go on podcasts every day for the next two weeks without having to research anything. Mm. Right? Because that's done. But but you can't plateau. Right? So uh um so lower the bar, right? Uh and consistency. No. Right? That's it. Great stuff. Alhamdulillah. Allah bless and accept and grant uh, success to all of those who have set out to do new things. It's gonna be, you're going to be laughing at yourself for a while. So, oh, and I've got gym. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to, it's, it's, it's like a new thing and it's a lovely experience. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing about it is it doesn't fizzle out. Like, you know, sometimes you, you, you do a new thing, it's like a new skill, and then it, after a while it's like, okay, I'm used to it now. But with exercise, there's always that, that, that endorphin rush that you can strive for that will always make it pleasurable. So it's always great. So, so in my, my experience was that, um, you know, like I said, I, I had dumbbells since I was 17. Yeah. Uh, when, when Virgin Actors were, were still held in the racket club, <laughs> I, I was a member, right? Yeah. But it was always very sporadic. Right. This time, it could have been sporadic the first week, but it no longer can since last night, oh, since yesterday. No, no. Because now the game changed. Right. But I had to lower the bar mm. and I had to be consistent for a week. Now I've tasted it. Mm. Like I can feel my body's different. I can feel I'm less tired. I'm not craving anything. I don't feel hungry. Mm. Right? So um, that was not the case for a long time. Right. So now, uh, now it's easy. Hmm. Now, now, now I'll be like if if I miss a day, like missing a day at gym for extenuating extenuating circumstances is fine. But if I miss a day of physical fitness at home, like physical exercise, like like I'll be it'll it'll uh, bother me. No, it will. It really will. Farukalafikum, it's been great. Um, I'm going to look forward to our next discussion. There's a few questions that I want to ask you one on one as well, um, okay, and I'm sure that you know there are those who, who may want to ask you some questions in their personal capacity. So, if you're willing to, inshallah, we'll share your Bismillah, your, yeah. your email. Uh, you can you can give us that or whatever Bismillah. whatever contact information we, we, you're willing we, to share. We should do a live. Yeah, we should actually like a Facebook live and no. take questions. I've, I, Inshallah, yeah, let's set that up. Let's set that up because you know what? Um, there's, there's a lot of challenges. We all have them. We can all help one another. Until next time. Barakalafikum. Wa sallallahu ala sirina Muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdi subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha ila anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.